Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'll, Lord, move in my life. Speak through me as you've spoken to me. Lord, I pray that you remove all distractions from the friends watching and may this sermon fall on fall good soil to produce a harvest of breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, my message is like on like exemplars and metaphors I've been hearing in the Christian faith for years and the lessons behind them, right? And so we need these terms and metaphors to stretch us, um, to set an example. Um, there's a beautiful scripture in Ephesians 2.10, and it says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do the good things he planned for us a long, long ago, right? And so you see masterpiece, that triggers um, I it's like a, a triggers multiple words in our heart, right? And that we are God's masterpiece. And there's other beautiful descriptions, right? And so all these descriptions of metaphor is to get you to stretch out towards God, reach for God, right? Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18 says, but the Lord still waits for you to come to him so he can show his love and compassion. Right. And so I think as Michelangelo did that Adam and God hand thing and, you know, God fully reaches out, but man slightly pulls his hand back. Right. And so I pray at this sermon that you will be so that you will reach out a little bit more to full to reach your full redemptive potential. So one of the metaphors I heard growing up is the church family. Right. And we see in John chapter 13, verse 33, it says, Jesus says, dear children, I'll be with you only a little longer. And I, as I uh, uh, and as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just I have loved you. You shall love one another for your love for your love for one another. Prove to the world that you are my disciples, right? John 15, 2 says. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Then in verse 17, goes, this is my command. Love each other. Romans 12.10 says to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other, right? And, and, and that's the thing in, in Summit, right? We believe in celebration and celebrating each other, right? And so we have to honor each other. First Peter 3.8 says, finally, all you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Right? So we are a church family, right? Let this metaphor sit in you, right? Not to replace your family, but this is not your faith family. And this is a place that we should be feel loved. We should feel affection and we should delight in honoring each other. That's why I like doing these little uh, trivia to see who's who in church so we could always come to a place and honor each other right if it was up to me i wish i could make little summit baseball cards right and just have margaret like that with the bat and it's, you know, number 33 margaret and you know and all her accolades and and kenny like with the basketball and i think that would be so cute i don't know how we could do it but we should make little church sport summit church sports cards and have our uh background and bio in the back because we're a family so I love this story, right, of the Apostle John. And I'm trying to pivot from, um, so like around COVID and, and right after I was really into like 
all the teachings of Jesus and centering Jesus. And then I was studying Paul. Next, I want to really study John, right? The Apostle John. And the fourth century theologian Jerome tells a story about how the Apostle John, John was old and frail, unable to walk. So his disciples would carry him into the gatherings of believers on the Lord's day, right? This is beautiful. He was like the last apostle living. They all got martyred. Jesus said he wasn't going to get martyred. And every week, the, these words were his words to the congregation. Little children, right? That's, that's another metaphor, right? Because he's the OG, right? Little children love one another. Now, this man had his head on Jesus' chest. He seen the miracles. He was there at the cross. He was there for like, I think, the 50 days but between resurrection and the ascension, when Jesus was teaching about the kingdom, high-level teaching that hasn't been recorded, right? But something happened because, like, the shift in the power and personality of the disciples, like, those 50 days were big. He was there. So this went on week after week until at last more than a little weary. People are a little weary of these repeated words. His disciple says, Master, why do you always say this? Because, John replied, it is the Lord's command. And if this only is done, it is enough. Wow. Right? If we just go and if we all just commit, love God, love each other, this would be the best church in the tri-state area. <laughs> Not that we try to beat the other churches, right? I, you know, but I'm just saying, like, this is it. We're a church family. Let's love each other. Let's love each other. Right? And so I just this was a powerful, powerful metaphor. And Pete knows about the baseball bats. All right, another metaphor I heard is prayer warrior. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19. And me and Anna went to a conference on Thessalonians. And Thessalonians is a beautiful book, right? And it says, always be joy joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus, and do not stifle the Holy Spirit, right? This could be a sermon series. But I love this. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. This is what I want to see in our church. A church full of people who are joyful and never stop praying. So, and we know Jesus says this only comes out by prayer and fasting, right? High-level stuff. So I just want to, like, take on this, this thing, this adage of prayer warrior. And I pray that each one of you will have the mantle, right? The mantle is like a cover that you could identify somebody's office or calling. That you guys will all be people of prayer. Remember the story with the woman of the issue of blood, right? This is the main thing I want to go. Verse 26. She has suffered a great deal from many doctors. She suffered from many doctors. And over the years, she has spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And then the story how she heard about Jesus, she said to herself, she reached out, she touched the tassel on the bottom of his robe, and that had all Levitical uh, ramifications and the belief in his authority and his ability and his stature, right? His, his prophetic divine stature that other people weren't really looking at. Right, but I like you. See, this is it for you. I want you to be a prayer warrior because for some of us, books didn't work. For some of us, doctors didn't work.
For some of us, self-help campaigns and seminars didn't work. Some of us are like the woman with the issue of blood that we've tried everything, but it's time to reach out. It's time to separate yourself from the crowd and say to yourself repeatedly that there isn't anything impossible for God and to reach out. We reach out in prayer. Another thing we heard is soul winning, right? And I just want to, you know, say like, you could be a prayer warrior, a soul winner, a ninja, a businessman, <laughs> all that at the same time. It don't have to be either or, right? Proverbs 1130 uh, talks about he who wins souls is wise. So I just want to put this in your heart. You could be a, a soul winner without having to preach at a bullhorn, without having to disturb everybody in the train. You could be an ambassador for Christ. You could share your faith. You could dare to care, dare to share. You can ignite. That's when you pray and you believe. You can ignite, invest, and invite others to experience the difference Jesus makes. You could, right? You could go and tell your testimony and you could be ready to pray for somebody. You could use to come and see, right? I'll come in my church and see to the fun gatherings or in-person service. But I want to challenge us to be prayer warriors, soul winners, and a family. There's another thing called pillar in the church, right? When 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 uh, I was coming up ministry, there was like, I want to be a pastor, right? We want to have a thousand church by 2000. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be an apostle, right? And then some people was like, I just want to be a pillar. I want to pay my bills and uh, see my kids finish high school and be a pillar, right? And so and those people will look down on, right? But pillars are important. You can't uphold a structure without foundation, a cornerstone, which is Jesus, and pillars, right? First uh, Timothy 3.15 says, so that I, if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. We need pillars to hold up so the church can be a pillar for the foundation of the truth, right? Um, Psalms 84.10 says, a single day in your court is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the home of the wicked, right? So I pray that you would say, I want to be a pillar in my church. Armor bearer, right? Now, I don't need an armor. I'm not a person to search for armor bearers. Like, oh, like, you have to know what type of coffee I like. Like, you know, you got to know, like, I like it sweet, but not too sweet. I got, I got the BDs, right? You know, I, I, but it's just... Armor bearer that we are supportive of one another, right? And that if it's Petey's turn to preach, we are all supportive and we're encouraging him and asking him if he needs anything. If if you see now nah, we're getting ready for the worship and you're like, do you need anything, sister? That we are just armor bearers to each other and to everybody in ministry, right? And we are supportive, right? Um, this is a scripture about Jonathan and he and his armor bearer it says, let Let's in First Samuel fourteen six. Let's go across to the outposts of those pagans. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, "Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord, and He can win battles, whether He has many warriors or few." And the armor bearer was like, "Let's go." I remember Natalie gave me a really good career advice once, and she was saying, "Like, serve at work like you do in church, and serve your leaders, serve your team." 
and just be an armor bearer. Like, let me tell you, that piece of advice really took my career to another level. I knew it, but God used her words to put it back in the center of my mind and heart and application and actions. So I want a church that is full of armor bearers, people who lift each other's load, people who support each other. You know, I used to love when we were in the outreach and we would go out to dinner. I would have to take Titus out to dinner, lunch, uh, and, and different people would give me money to take him out. And they were armor bearers. And they were like, oh, do you want me to take Eddie and Ethan home? And like my aunt's a beautiful armor bearer. Sister Margaret's a beautiful armor bearer. You know, uh, different people in church, like really supportive. And we just want to keep that up. And we want you to take it home, right? And support support your supervisor, support your loved ones. You know, be a, a person that knows how to work in collaboration. Servant leadership. Um, lead with humility and service. There's another one being sold out of on fire, right? And that we could be like on fire for God and we could like ask God to kind of like be, to like rekindle that fire. And then sold out was like the parable of the pearl, the precious pearl that this man saw a pearl in the field and he kind of left it there and went back and sold everything he had to buy the field because he know how valuable that field, the, the, what that pearl was at the field. And that when we realize that the pearl of the kingdom of God, the pearl of Jesus Christ, that we're willing to be sold out to center our faith. So I just wanted to share some exemplars to recenter it in your mind, right? Um, prayer warriors, the family of God, soul winners, pillars, armor bearers, servant leaders, this kingdom builders, people on fire, right? But the main thing is that I just want you to take your faith, stretch out, stretch out, take your faith and take your life to a next level. The devil wants to destroy, distract, and detour the believers from reaching their full redemptive potential, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We pray over every man and woman watching right now. Raise up prayer warriors, Lord God. Not pretentious people of faith that want a lot of attention, but people of faith that say, I've tried everything. Or people that realize there's, there's a calling that people have not because they ask not, so they're going to ask for other people. Pray for soul winners, people that just always tracking their blessings, always super grateful and always sharing your goodness. We pray for pillars, consistent people who never miss, never miss an opportunity to partner, never miss an opportunity to, to show up, to grow up, to serve up. We pray for the family, Lord God, that will be church known for our love for you and our love for each other. That everybody's heart will skip and be on their way to church because they can't wait to see their brothers and their sisters and they can't wait to receive that encouragement. Do something beautiful in our lives, Holy Spirit. May we do the will of the Father by bringing glory to the Son. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. Oh, I almost stopped the whole webinar. I thought I stopped the recording.